Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it's very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history to write a book preserving this experience for future generations. If you'd like to help preserve this moment in history for future generations, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Gina Giordano is one of the founders of Doula Training International. Doula work and births has been altered significantly due to the pandemic. And in this interview, Gina describes just how they have coped with the shifts in hospitals and care and come together in order to continue to support their clients who are in the process of giving birth despite the social distancing needs. Mm, I am, I was here in Austin, Texas, and I was actually on a walk with a friend. Um, and she's, we were talking about possible travel this summer. And she said, well, what about that virus in China? And I said, what virus in China? And she said, it's called Corona or something. And I was like, oh, and then I was like, well, I was like, don't worry about it. It won't be a big deal. Right. And she was like, right. And we kept walking. That was like, I want to say like six weeks before things really started to get talked about is very early on. But it was funny when you asked that question, I went back to that and I was like, wow, how nonchalant and <laughs> like minor that conversation felt. And now here we are. It's really like they had to close a couple of parks here in Austin because people ran with this like lift of restrictions. And uh, I'm also like noticing that my favorite places like restaurants, um, movie theater, we have like the Alamo Draft House here. It's, I don't know if you're familiar with it. They have locations now across the country, but um, and then my favorite shops, like they're not opening and they're taking a stance and saying like, no, like we're not opening. And that makes me so happy. But then also like, these like public parks that were like kind of like our lifeline throughout this whole thing is that they're now closed because people kind of took advantage and ruined it. <laughs> so I'm a little like, this is going to be interesting the next few weeks. You know, first I want to absolutely sit in that place of um, privilege <laughs> that comes up for me a lot when I like people ask me that question um kind of that question of like it's funny like that normal question we're used to asking people like hi how are you is really shifted now like it's hard to answer that <laughs> um and I've been kind of answering it through the perspective of, of like I'm everything and I, I believe in sitting in paradoxical places and I really feel like COVID has painted that for a lot of people and what I mean by like sitting in that paradox is like this is really hard. It has really challenged myself and my family 
to a whole new level, but also like we're, we're privileged and I'm grateful for that. We have a house, we have groceries, like we have the means to get it delivered. We have friends who are sewing masks, you know, it's like we, we have that community and we also, we have each other. Um, like I'm thinking about those folks who are single, who live alone and they don't have human connection for physical human connection for weeks and that's different. So, um, you know, I like to remind myself of that, but I also know that it is affecting everybody and that's okay. Even if you're in this place of privilege, um, there are moments where I have like, my kids were really affected. My, my oldest, I would say is affected heavily. Um, she's eight and a half and she's just pissed. She's very angry <laughs> about this whole thing. She's an extroverted wild child and who thrives on her um, community and seeing her people in her space outside of our family unit. Like that means a lot to her and she hasn't had that. And she also is super confused as to why. And, and she also has her own set of anxiety of like, you know, she has like a bad day with allergies and she's worried that she has COVID, you know, it's like, the, it's just so layered for her. DTI is a for-profit company, Dula Trains International, I'll just call it DTI for short. And um, Born Into This is our nonprofit arm. And so we were very, very much like, we have two different oiled machines and we were like, how is this gonna affect each one? And we knew it'd be different. Um, and so Born Into This was really simple. We were like, let's continue to build the foundation of our nonprofit. Um, our biggest program that we do at Born Into This and what Born Into This is, is basically like it's a space to talk about reproductive health between all people, meaning like families, birth workers, pregnant folks, creatives, leaders, um, really just carving out that space to talk about it in a very inclusive, open-minded way. Um, so that was easy. DTI though, you know, like we are a very small but mighty company. Um, we like our registrations generate like how our company runs and without those registrations we don't have it and so we were really nervous about the um, how people were going to approach this idea of becoming a doula during this time um, and we were nervous but I have to say I've been pleasantly surprised that the amount of folks who want to learn a new like a new um, craft or a new profession is like really coming forward and we've had some of the most um, heavy, heavy like registered trainings we've had in a while and we've had record-breaking weeks um, we've seen a lot of people reach out to us saying like I've been wanting to do this for so long and I need to just do it now um, a lot of people are like I'm home what else am I gonna do right now I want to learn um, you know, so, and then other people are like, I need to support certain folks and I need to learn how to do that. I think the biggest shift that we had to take as um, an organization was how are we supporting our community and what does that look like? Our community is across the country. We have doulas in other countries as well, but predominantly here in the United States. Every city has been handling this differently. They've had their own set of regulations. They have their own set of restrictions and all doulas are having their own set of reactions to everything. So it was really interesting to see all the different dynamics and how 
everyone was coming to the table with like, this is what I'm seeing and how do I deal with this? And this is also, okay, this is what I'm seeing, but this is what I'm feeling. And I think for me, like in terms of our profession and our community, that has been the most interesting piece to me is um, how doulas have been affected emotionally, personally, and professionally. I think what we hear out there is, oh, I heard doulas are not allowed in hospitals right now. How is that feeling? And that's a huge, that's a huge concern and a huge curveball, I would say. I think the big missing piece of that conversation was, should doulas be in hospitals right now? And how is the doula feeling about going to a hospital even if they get in? And it was all of a sudden like, doulas were fighting for this right to be valued as a like a, a professional or healthcare worker, which we are very much. And we are always fighting for that value and that um, element of being seen as importance. However, I think what was missing was the autonomy of the doula and the choice of the doula. Like, do you want to be in a hospital? And I was tracking that a lot of doulas were like, I don't want to go to this birth right now. <laughs> like, I'm really scared about going to this birth. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. So I think like something I've, as a birth professional for 15 years, over the years, I've tracked that um, doula work is very, there's a lot of sacrifice and the burnout is high. And it's because like, this is like such an output of emotions. This profession just is a constant holding space and support and output that we don't like, you know, years ago, we talked a lot about self-care, the doula, like take care of yourself so you can sustain this work. But then I saw that happening again, when people were fighting to be seen and fighting to get into hospitals, they were forgetting about their own autonomy and their own needs in that moment. And um, for like a good couple of weeks, I've been, I was on the phone with a lot of people in our community, a lot of doula colleagues, like, okay, they're going to let me in, but help me work through this situation. Like I have kids, I can't go and get sick and then bring this back into my house. You know, um, it was just, it was a really interesting variation of reaction. I've felt this a few times, but the first time I felt it was, I was I, um, doing a postpartum follow-up visit with a birth client of mine. So she had her baby like three months ago. Um, right before all of this happened, um, which we were all so grateful for. <laughs> um, and they went right into the postpartum time. And for those who don't know, like what the, po the postpartum time is like, postpartum means after baby. And um, as a birth professional and an advocate for reproductive rights, I really encourage folks to tuck into that postpartum time. I like to call it the postpartum cave. And I say, like, definitely the first three weeks, like, be home if you can. Um, and then if however longer you can do that, do it. Like, really just, like, cuddle together, establish that family unit, because it's constant feeding, it's constant um, attention, it's you're learning a new person, that new person is learning you, and your body is healing. And so it's a really intimate, quiet time where you're home and you're just doing the rhythm of life. You wake up, 
you eat, you feed somebody, you, you like, you rest, you eat, you feed somebody. And it's this beautiful pattern and this dance that goes like you go through every day until you're ready to kind of peek your head up and be like, all right, I'm ready to go back out into the world. And that is exactly what Corona has done is like, it's forced all of us to go into this postpartum like cave and just sink into the rhythm of life. And I was talking with this client and she's, she was doing this postpartum existence for about five weeks and then everything happened. I'm like, how are you guys doing? How are you adjusting? And her, the, you know, the husband was able to work from home and they were like, you know what? This is not very different than what we were doing the last five weeks. So we're just going to continue doing this time and um, like build our family unit, get closer, establish the rhythm of life and do each day at a time. And I was just like, I, I think it's actually like a lovely, beautiful thing. Um, we talk a lot about going back to finding a new normal or going back to what we considered normal. And I honestly don't know if I want to do that. Like there's a lot of this internal work and slowness and intimate time that we're spending with ourselves and or our friends or family or partners. And I think we needed to do that. Thank you for listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an interview. I interview multiple people a week and I am releasing these episodes as fast as I can. And if the story meant something to you, share it because it will probably mean something to someone else. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.